So sometimes Jesus' words have been twisted and turned into simple commands. Don't do this. Stop doing that. You should do this. Um, But I want to share something that he said that I think is an incredibly profound, powerful, and penetrating analysis of human nature. And it's this. He said, you can't serve God and mammon. Either you're going to be devoted to the one master and hate the other one, or you're going to love this master and hate that one. In other words, the issue is whatever you love more will squeeze out of your heart lesser loves. So sometimes I see Christians fighting sin in such a manner that I can tell what's happening is they're putting themselves under the power of law and they're thinking that rules and self-discipline and fighting against sin is the goal. But what's ironic about that strategy is Paul said that whenever we are put under law, law will provoke sin in us and through the, the command, the sin will put us to death. In other words, condemnation. And so when you find yourself relating too much to Romans 7, it's probably because you're rooted in law. You're letting law regulate the Christian life. You can leave Romans 7 and step into Romans 8 when you walk into the no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you step away from law and you receive the free grace of Jesus, there's something of the focus that shifts off of sin and the, in the weakness of the flesh and shifts into an unearned acceptance of grace that fills us with the Spirit and takes us like the sails being filled with wind. Now suddenly there's power from outside of us. And sin isn't what we're constantly thinking about. We're thinking about Jesus. When you're tempted and you fail, you can in that moment view it as an opportunity to receive God's love for you even more by realizing He has not left you, He has not forsaken you, that it hasn't changed your status in Christ. It hasn't cha- changed your standing in Christ. It hasn't changed your sonship in Christ. And when you ask for forgiveness, he already forgave you before that. What you're asking is to apply the blood to your conscience that has been damaged. Okay? And so what happens when grace comes into the picture is even your sin becomes an opportunity to be the thing that actually causes grace to rise more in you. Now, Are you going to sin because you're under grace? Of course not. That's foolishness. We died to sin. Why would we continue to live in it? But my point is this. I only did that because I wasn't abiding in his love. I only did that because I didn't believe his goodness and his truth toward me. So here's the deal. Falling in love with Jesus is the strategy, not fighting sin. Now, in the short term, obviously, resist temptation. Flee temptation. Flee the evil desires of youth, right? 2 Timothy 2.22, flee the evil desires of youth and instead chase after righteousness, peace, and love, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The accountability you're called to is not a group that gathers around sin. Oh, we all suck in common in the following way. That's not a healthy accountability group. That's a negative accountability. What you need is a positive accountability group. Accountability built around the fact that you are of a common sonship, that you have a common Jesus, a common Father, a common Spirit, a common Gospel, and you are studying to understand what that Gospel is and what it means and how can we receive it and abide in it and how can we let the darkest parts of our heart and life be flooded with His light? How can we let the most broken parts of us be the access points for grace so that the mess can become the message and the test can become the testimony? Beloved, don't fight sin as the strategy of change. Fall in love with Jesus.